So let me, let me real quick, first of all, say good morning, everybody. Y'all come back to me. Come back to me. So I want to reemphasize what Meech just said. For many of these young people that were up on the stage today, that was their first time ever singing in front of anybody. So in, in a day and time where our kids could be doing anything and could be anywhere, we, we certainly want to thank God for what God is doing in the lives of the young people. So shout out to Meech and his team and to all the young people that are doing a fantastic job. Let's give them another big clap off and praise. Amen. We're very, very proud of you. Quick announcements. First, I want to take a moment to thank everybody who came out yesterday for the Black History Prayer Breakfast. It was fantastic. Sister Robin, would you stand, please? I want to recognize you, Sister Robin. I know that every year you work very hard uh, to make sure that we have a great Black History. So y'all give it up for Sister Robin. Uh, and there were a number of other ministries uh, that were on display, young and old. But I gotta tell y'all, there was somebody that was yesterday debuted um, their work, and I want I want to bring it up. I want you to bring it up. Come on up, Miss Hazel. Come on up, Miss Hazel. Everybody, y'all say hello to Miss Hazel. Y'all say hello. Come on to bring it up. Miss Hazel is 11 years old, and she 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 drew this, y'all, and. She is doing amazing things. Her artwork is already on display and is going to be on display in the city. And so she has several other features uh, that she has already done at 11 years old. So this is not to diminish what everybody else did yesterday because everybody else did a fantastic job. But uh, Hazel, what we wanted you to know is because we asked if that was for sale and, and you said it was for sale. And so what we want you to know is that Lady Swan and the church are going to purchase that. And we're gonna make sure that it can be seen because we are very, very proud of you. Come on, y'all give it up for Miss Hazel. Do you wanna say anything? Thank you. She'll be signing autographs after the service over. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. yeah look. She has another piece. Where's that other? Do you, is it the other piece? This is as well. Um, yeah, go ahead. Do you want to show that too? That's something that she's also done as well. And so um, she is very gifted. Um, and so we're very excited. And so we do this. Yeah, there we go. Right there. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Vanna Black, please. Give it up for Vanna Black. Oh, Lord. So, we have lots of youth. This is the point I'm trying to make, y'all. We got lots of youth that have a lot of gifts and talents. And it's not just singing and it's not just um, words spoken. It's a lot of different talents that we want to showcase and exercise here at the church. Let me remind you again, it's already been said, Wednesday we got Bible study. We started a series called Low-Key Spiritual Practices. The first one that we did was on simplicity. There are others that we're going to do. Again, I want you to come out noon and 7. And again, if you can't come, it'll be available on demand starting on Thursdays at noon. In addition to that, the Black 
uh, family conference is coming up and it's going to be uh, at Hampton University on March the 21st, 20th, 21st, and 22nd. Lady Swan and I will be in two, se- I'll be in two sessions. Lady Swan will be in a session. And so registration uh, is going to be opening up very soon. Some of you should have received a card that had all the list of uh, sessions that will be taking place at the conference. By the way, it is free. So you don't have to worry about any of that. Uh, There is a QR code on the card for registration if you want to do that. Please come on out and support it. Um, It is hosted by some of the pastors in the area, myself included, and we want to make sure that we have a very good turnout. And Hampton University has been gracious enough to be able to allow us to have some input on how and what we think should be included in this conference. So again, that's Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So Wednesday night is the opening session. We won't have Bible study that night will be over at Hampton University. Then Thursday, there'll be sessions during the day and the evening, and then Friday, sessions in the morning, and it'll end with a luncheon. All of it is free, so if you can't make it on all three days, then try to make as many days as you can, and I know it will be a blessing to you. Somebody say amen. All right. How many of you know God is a healer? Come on up, Sister Tanisha. Come on up, Sister Tanisha. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. She's been dreading this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell her story for her. I'll do it. I'll start your story. How about that? You want me to start or you want to tell her? I started. Sister Tanisha is a... <laughs> She's a great leader in our 116 ministry. Let's give it up for her. She does an amazing job. She's shy about telling her story. She don't, she don't want everybody to know her stuff, so I'm going to tell her story for her, and then she can add whatever left. So last year, at the beginning of last year, went to the doctor uh, for a routine checkup, and the doctor said she had cancer. So they were running tests trying to figure out all of last year what was going on, what, what needed to happen, how, how could they work this. So understand that anybody knows that you hear those words, stuff starts racing through your mind, right? And so all the while, she's dealing with this privately. She's having to minister to the kids, and she's still doing a fantastic job ministering to the kids, right? So this is a lesson. You never know what people are going through, right? And so this year, we had a prayer night. And um, it was in January. And right after the prayer night, she had another doctor's appointment. And that night at the prayer night, we prayed for people to be healed. And we prayed and we believe in the power of God. So the next day she goes to the doctor. The doctor says to her, "Um, excuse me, why are you here? She said, I'm here because you told me uh, that I have cancer. Doctor said, We looked again, we didn't find anything. Is that the story? I need somebody to know that we serve a healing God. Is that right? Huh? Did I tell it right? Huh? You tell the rest. I set it up for you. She got a little bit more she want to add. Go ahead. And I do want to say, um, in the midst of going through this for a whole year, from the beginning, um, so February 2023, all the way up to January 2024, it was a struggle. Um, 
he healed me in spite of me um, because I didn't want to be here. I almost turned my back on him. I'm so thankful for my community. I'm thankful for the people that God put in my life. And Delano, he was there with me the whole time, so I'm very thankful for him. But what Pastor left off was um, that appointment that I was going to in January of 2024, they were going to discuss what my future looked like, radiation or whatever. And so I'm going in there thinking that I'm getting ready to look different. And I sat there and I was just overwhelmed. And they looked at me and they said, mm. they brought in another doctor and I'm thinking that it has taken over my body. I'm thinking like, this is the end. And they came in and they said, we've never seen this before here at this hospital. And then as I celebrated, a few weeks later, I got into a horrible car accident. I got hit by two cars. Car totaled. And I got out of the car. with nothing. I don't have a car yet. I'm still trusting in God, but round two, God said, you know what? Send them angels to protect my daughter. So I want to tell you guys that God is a healer. I didn't know him as a healer, but God is my healer. Twice. Two times. Two times. Two times. And I am so thankful he's been he, I was voluntold to tell my story, but I'm thankful um, for God because <laughs> he said, you're getting up there. Your testimony is going to, you did say that, you said your testimony is really going to change people's views of God. And if you don't, if you don't think that God heals, you can look at me because he healed my body and I got out of a car accident with no scratches. Come on, y'all give it up for Sister Tanisha. Somebody needed to hear that. Somebody needed to hear. Somebody needed to hear that. All right, before I go up on the stage and go to work, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 is our scripture reference for the year. And our theme for this year is what? So before I go up on the steps and go to work, I need somebody to come on up here. Give me 2 Peter 1 and 3. Come on, Rich. Come on, Rich. Come on. That's what I'm talking about. You running like you want to get in the game. That's what I'm talking about. Come on. Only reason I'm coming up here is because I failed the men's ministry on Man Up Monday. So I stand before you proudly. All the men in that huddle, I got you. Second Peter. Second Peter. 1 through 3, or 1, 1 through 3, third verse. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. Come on. 
Come on, y'all give it up for Brother Reggie. All right. I can go to work now. Everybody stand. Here we go. Y'all repeat after me, please. His divine power. That means it's not mine, it's his. His divine power has given us, not will give us, but has given us. That's past tense, which means we already have it. What has he given us? What he given us? Everything we need for a what? For a godly life, not for a rich life, not for a materialistic life. He has given us everything we need for a godly life. How? Through our knowledge of him. Through our knowledge of him. Through our knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. You're doing good. I'm proud of y'all. Let's keep that up. Joshua chapter 3. Joshua chapter 3. I want to lift up the first five verses. In Joshua chapter 3. It says in verse 1, early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before, but keep a distance about 2,000 cubits between you and the Ark. Do not go near it. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things among you. That's good enough. You may be seated. Uh, would you look at somebody and, and say, neighbor, get it together. Father, if you would now, please, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, God, you are my strength and my redeemer. Let all of God's people say, amen. One last time, look at somebody else and say, get it together. <laughs> it is um, interesting to me how much time that we spend getting ready or preparing for a particular event. We, we spend a lot of time in some cases and even money getting ourselves ready for something that we are anticipating is coming and coming soon. For the young people, that might be the first day of school. In some cases, you want to make sure that that first day fit is where you want it to be. So we shop and we plan out and we think about what we're going to wear. Could be the prom for some older young folks. You don't show up at the prom the day of. You think about it months in advance. Who am I going with, first of all? What am I going to wear? For the young ladies, you spend time well in advance trying to find a dress. Fellas trying to find that fit that's going to be right that you're going to wear if you go to the prom. It's interesting to me how much time we spend in advance planning for certain things. For the adults in the room, one of the biggest things that we plan for is, interestingly enough, is Christmas Day. Some of us don't start on Christ planning for Christmas Day on Christmas Day. You know, some of us, some of you start the day after Thanksgiving. You turn the station. 
You're already playing Christmas music, putting up your tree, getting into the Christmas season because you are preparing yourself for that one day. People who get married, you start planning the wedding usually at the time at which you get engaged. Depending on how long the engagement is, you start thinking about who I'm going to invite to this wedding. How much money do we have to spend on the reception? What kind of dress am I going to find? The tuxes. You, you plan well in advance for a singular day. I say all of that to say, Reverend Person, what I find interesting is that we, we do a lot of that in our natural life. We spend time, energy, effort, and money planning for things well in advance. But as believers, rarely do we spend that amount of time planning for a move of God. We just show up and hope that God will move. We, we, we show up and pray that God would do something, but it's not in our mindset as a believer to actually plan for a move of God, much like how we plan for a wedding or plan for the prom, or plan for the first day of school. And could it be that maybe sometimes moves of God don't happen because we don't give them the same level of preparation that we give other things in our life. And what we discover is that in scripture, there is a blessing, a huge blessing, for those who choose to prepare themselves for what God wants to do. I don't believe we're in this 40-day consecration. I don't believe we're spending extra time reading and, and praying and showing sure enough fasting for God not to show up. I believe that part of the reason why we're doing this is because we have the hope, we have the expectation, we have the belief that if I do these things, that God is going to show up in my situation and in my family, and that is what a consecration is supposed to be. Consecration and, and sanctification and holiness, as I said, all have similar meaning. And I did a series back in the summer on holiness, and it was called I'm Special. I need y'all to say that with me, please. I'm special. I need you to say it again and believe it. I'm special. So that's how God has positioned you once you got saved. When you got saved by position, God said, I'm going to make you special. Now, for the rest of our lives, we have to walk or practice being special. How God sees us. That's what consecration is. But let me give you a, a real life example in the text how important preparation is in understanding how God wants to move. So we find ourselves in the book of Joshua. And if anybody knows Joshua, Joshua is the book um, where God allows his chosen people to enter into the promised land of Canaan. Now, Joshua is the leader at the particular time of which they go in, but he wasn't the first leader. Moses was the first leader, but Joshua is the leader of the people going into the promised land. Now, God promised this land not to Joshua. God did not even promise the land to Moses. God promised the land to Abraham. Way back in Genesis chapter 12. We are now five books down the road, and now they're finally entering into the promised land. 
when, when God approached uh, Abraham in chapter 12 of Genesis, he said, go into a foreign land, and if you go, I'll make your name great, and I'll make your descendants great, and I'll bless you and give you all of these things. And the Bible said Abraham went. Now, here's the point I want you all to understand. Because Abraham had faith, God honored his faith and blessed his descendants well after Abraham died. And it got me to think, Reverend Person, what if my faith was so strong that it blessed my children and my children's children and my children's children's children? And even when God calls me home, the faith that I have still is blessing my line that comes after me. I don't know about y'all, but that's the kind of faith I want. I don't want the faith that just blesses me. I want the faith that blesses my kids and my kids' kids and even these kids that ain't even mine biologically, but I'm going to claim them because they are in the house of God. So this is, this is what Joshua is. Joshua is about God honoring his word that he was going to give his people the land even though the people that's about to walk in it didn't even pray for that. And as I said yesterday at the Black History Breakfast, I need y'all to understand that we today are walking in the prayers of the ancestors who are in the field picking cotton, who was getting beat with whips, who were told they were nothing, and they prayed for a day where their descendants would not have to deal with that kind of torture, that kind of treatment, that kind of senseless violence upon us and I'm telling y'all we are walking in the prayers of the people that was in the field so we can't afford to come up in here any kind of way we can't afford to be coming up here acting any kind of way because the prayers that we're walking in are prayers that our ancestors said, Lord, if you don't do it for me, do it for the ones that come after me to make sure that they don't have to deal with what I'm dealing with so Joshua is about uh, descendants' prayers and the realization that God is going to answer prayer. Guess what? But the prayer that you're praying may not happen in your lifetime. But that don't mean that God didn't answer your prayer. It just means that God's lineage, his, his, your descendants are going to be the recipients of your prayer. So, Reverend Preston, this got me thinking. What are we praying today that would bless Ivy 50 years from now? What kind of faith do we have today that a hundred years from now, those who call Ivy their church home and we long gone off the scene, that they are still walking in the prayers that we pray today? That's Joshua's book. The second point about Joshua I want you all to understand is that uh, Josh, God is dealing with Joshua because Joshua is a new leader. See, they had dealt with Moses the whole time, and now Joshua is about to enter into the promised land. And one of the things that God kept telling Joshua is, as I was with Moses, so I'm going to be with you too. And I want to encourage somebody here because many of us in our families had somebody like, let's say, um, Big Mama. And Big Mama was the one who prayed for everybody. She was the one that knew how to get to God, right? 
and, and she was the one that knew how to call on the name of the Lord. Everybody got that one person in their family that you go to when you feel like your prayer ain't going to work. I'm going to go to this person because I know they know how to get a prayer through. Right? We all got that one in the family. But guess what? Even they get called home too. And what God is trying to say is, so for you, as I was with Big Mama, I'm going to be with you too. That, that my faith and my trust and my power doesn't just extend to those uh, that you see are way up here, but it extends to you too. So he's leading Joshua into the promised land because he wanted the people to see as he was with Moses, he's going to be with Joshua too. Now, uh, here's the story. Verse number one, the Bible says that the people left an area called Shittim and they are traveling now to the Jordan River. And the Bible says that when they get to the Jordan, they camp there. Now, the distance between Shittim and the Jordan River is about seven miles walking. This is about now anywhere from 100,000 to 200,000 people walking seven miles. By the time they get to the Jordan, I want you all to understand something. They're on the other side of the Jordan. So they are right here at the base. The Jordan River is in between. The land that God promised them is on the other side of the Jordan. Uh, I want to I ask somebody today if there's anybody here that's ever, you're, you're, you know you're close to your blessing. You can, you can see it. You can sense it. You can feel it. You just can't get to it. You just can't get to it yet. Here's where they were. They could see on the other side what God said is yours. They just couldn't get to it yet because the Jordan River was there. And so the Bible says after three days, Reverend, something about that third day. After three days, the officers walked through the camp. And here's what they told them. The same thing they told them are things that can apply to us today. They said, when you see, this is verse 3, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests, move into position and follow it. Let me read it again because I know I ain't getting no shout on that, so I'm going to have to explain. Um, the officer said, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests, move into position and follow it. I got five amens there, so let me explain it. Because I know some of y'all just said amen because I said it twice, that's all. Um, the Ark of the Covenant represents the very presence of God. What the officers told the people was, um, when you see the presence of God being lifted up, and you see the Levitical priests carrying the presence of God, then you move into position 
and you follow it. Let, let me say that again. Um, um, what did God tell the people to do if they wanted to see a move of God? If you really want to see God move in your life, what's the first thing that you got to do? You know what the Bible says here? Nothing. Don't do nothing until you see the presence of God being lifted up in this situation. And once you see the presence of God that's being carried by the Levitical priests, then you get up, then you get in position, and then you start moving. And see, Red Preston, when I saw this, this is what set me free. Because you know what we do so many times while we can't see the move of God is because we move ahead of God. Ah, I think I got some people here because we feel like we got to be doing something. Well, I'm waiting on God, so I should be doing something. Now, what God said to them then is you don't do anything until you see the presence being lifted up. And then it says it's got to be carried by the Levitical priests. Let me talk to some leaders in here, Reverend Person, because do you understand that in leadership, your main responsibility ain't just to be a deacon. It ain't just to count no money. It ain't just to stand on the door. It ain't just to have the best seat in the house. Your position is so that others can see the presence of God. Your number one responsibility, can they see God because of you? And if they can't see God because of you, and I need some leaders to understand this because you're so busy working. You're so busy trying to do. But can they see God in you? Because can't nobody move until they see the Ark of the Covenant lifted up on your shoulders. That's the sign for the people. It's time to move. So that if it ain't no presence of God, I stay right here. And could it be, Reverend Person, that the reason why maybe some of us ain't got no breakthrough is because the leaders ain't carrying the Ark. You carrying title. You carry position. You can't want to be seen. Where's the ark? Where's the ark? Because I can't move. And I got a lot of pressure. And I'm dealing with a lot of stuff. And I can't move until I see the ark on your shoulders. I feel the gospel of ludicrous here. Because Ludacris said, when I move, you move. Just like that. In other words, thank you, Ludacris, for helping me. Because I ain't supposed to do nothing until I see God move first. And so many of us try to go ahead of God. And God said, I didn't tell you to do that. I told you to look for me first. So you're trying to help God. And what you did was you made it worse. Sometimes there's value in just sitting still. Sometimes there's value in just waiting on the Lord. Sometimes there's value in just knowing that God, yeah, I'm antsy right now, God. Yeah, God, I really need you to do something right now. But they that wait upon the Lord uh, shall renew their strength. Uh, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not... F yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes we got to learn 
how to be patient. Thank you, Ludacris, because so many times you just feel like you got to be doing something. No, sit down. And when I move, then you move. Just like that. So the officer said, we, we go, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the, of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests, then you get into position and follow them. Why, why would the officer say that? Because verse 4 is what set me free, Reverend Person. It, it set me free. Because, Reverend Person, um, the officer said, the reason why you got to wait until the Lord moves first is because then you will know where to go. You know why? Because you ain't never been this way before. When I saw that lady swan, I lost it. Because I need y'all to understand something in this consecration. God is not trying to do the same thing for you. God is trying to do something you ain't never seen. And if you ain't never seen it, how you know where to go? How you know what to do? You see, the river is in front of them. How they gonna cross the river? They can't because if they try it on their own, they gonna drown. And God is like, I got you where I want you right now because the only way for you to go where you ain't never been, the only way for you to do what you ain't never done, the only way for you to see what you ain't never seen is that now you got to trust me. You got to trust me. And, and so uh, there are many of us that just want God to add a little extra to, to what you already know. No, he ain't trying to do that. There's a little uh, of some of you that want God to do a little bit more than, than what you're used to. He ain't trying to do that either. God is trying to blow your mind. God is trying to show you something that'll leave you shaking your head. That'll tell you, I ain't never seen nothing like this. God is trying to show you that what you're asking for ain't nothing compared to what he really want to do for you in your life. I need about five people that believe that to say, God, come on now. I'm ready. I'm ready for you to show me what I ain't never seen. I'm ready for you to do what I ain't never done. I'm ready for you to show, help me in ways that I have never imagined because, God, I know you can do exceedingly and abundantly above all that I ask of think so 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 here it is um uh he says you ain't never been this way before so if i ain't never been this way before i can't trust me because i don't know what to do because i ain't been here before and now i gotta trust god and so now we get to verse five and i'm done in verse 5, Meach, this is what Joshua said. Now remember, the officers spoke in verses uh, 2, 3, and 4. Now Joshua speaks in, in verse 5. Uh, remember, let's review seven-mile journey to get to where they were, to the edge of the Jordan. When they get there, the officers start walking through the camp and says, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God carried on the Levitical priest's shoulders, then you get up, get in position, and you start to move. Uh, and then also, the reason why is because you ain't never, uh, you, so you will know what to do because you've never been this way before. And, and, oh, let me add one more thing in verse 4, I forgot. 
the reason why uh, God add, uh, added a little extra on the end of verse 4, Reverend Person. I forgot to thank you, Holy Spirit, for reminding me. It says in verse number 4, when you follow the ark, keep your distance of about 2,000 cubits. You are to follow it, but don't go near it. Uh, for those, we don't operate in cubits, we operate in feet. So 2,000 cubits is approximately 3,000 feet, which is approximately a little over a half a mile. God is saying, when you follow this ark, keep at least a half a mile distance between you and the ark, because if you get too close to it or you touch it, you're going to die. Why would God want people to follow the ark but not get close to it? Young people, I got an answer for you and for everybody in this. It is because God is trying to establish that I'm sacred. And if I'm sacred, you just can't roll up on me any kind of way. If, if I'm special, then you just can't talk to me any kind of way. If, if I'm God's child, if God is holy, then that means you can't just show up in my presence and think you can do whatever you want to do any kind of way. And I need some young people to listen to what I just said because there are going to be some people at school that's going to try to run up on you and try to call you out your name. They're going to try to do it on social media. There's some people in here that know that there are times when people try to run up on you and what you got to tell them is keep your distance. If you ain't speaking life into me, keep your distance. If you ain't helping me, keep your distance. If you're trying to get something from me and then you're going to leave when you get it, keep your distance. I need some people that realize I'm sacred. You can't walk up on me any kind of way. If you mistreat me, I need you to keep your distance. And the reason why I need you to keep your distance is because I'm setting boundaries. I'm defining the boundaries now. This is what God did. This is the lesson that we got to do. You got to learn how to establish boundaries with people. People can't just walk up to you any kind of way, talk to you any kind of way, treat you any kind of way. The devil is a liar. You better establish some boundaries. You step up here, I'm going to tell you nice, nasty, get out my face. I'm going to love you. But you got to back up because you ain't going to come into my space, talk sideways out your mouth, try to mistreat me any kind of way and think I'm just going to stand here and say, oh, bless the Lord. No, no, we ain't doing that. I got another Bible version. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, and the Lord say he will repay. But right now, you better back it on up. So what I need y'all to understand is that God is establishing sacredness. 
I don't want you near me. Because first of all, I want you to value my presence. I want you to value my name. I want you to value my power. And if we are God's children, then we got to operate the same way. No, I'm not conceited. No, I don't think I'm all that. I just know my worth. And I'm sorry if my worth is higher than your opinion. I'm sorry if what I think about me is higher than what you think about me. Because if you think about me lower than how I think about me, this ain't gonna work. And young people, I'm gonna tell you this. Stop trying to be friends with everybody who don't appreciate your worth. Because there are too many people that's doing crazy stuff because they just want to be accepted by other people. And they feel like if they don't do it, everybody else is going to be thinking I'm an oddball. They're going to be thinking I'm strange. They're going to be thinking I'm wrong. There's something wrong with me. Let them think whatever they want. But when you know who you are, I believe I got some witnesses in the house now. When I know who I am, it's the old saying is not what you call me, it's what I answer to. I am a child of God. I am a king's kid. I'm more than a conqueror. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. You better call me by my name. So, and so God is establishing the sacredness. And now Joshua speaks in verse number five. And Joshua says, uh, here's what I want y'all to do. And I'm saying this to all of y'all. If you want the 40 days to be anything of worth, if you want by Good Friday to have had a great time in the 40 days, look at what Joshua says. He says to all the people, consecrate yourself. For tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things. Let me, let me slow that down. The presence of the Lord has already been lifted. The people know already to follow it and don't move until they see the presence moving. But Joshua says, consecrate yourself for tomorrow. The Lord's going to do amazing things. Meach, when they got over to the promised land, there was already a group of people that they were going to have to fight. Joshua did not tell them, get your weapons together. He said, consecrate yourself. For tomorrow, the Lord's going to do amazing things. So let me, let me rephrase that. Before there's any God sign of doing the ridiculous. Because tomorrow he's going to open up the Jordan and allow them to walk on dry land into the promised land. Before you get to God doing the ridiculous, you first got to consecrate. And for so many of us, we just focusing on God opening up the Jordan. But we didn't prepare for it. So why would you expect God to do the miraculous if you prepare for your job more than you prepare for God to move? 
Why, why would you expect God to do the ridiculous? If you prepare for a wedding or a birthday party or some other event, more than you prepare for God. And then we wonder why God ain't moving. Because you ain't consecrated yourself. The consecration comes first. Then the ridiculous. What you watching? What you listening to? Who's in your ear? Who you with? What sites you on? What social media spaces you on? What you watching? Because the Jordan is ready to be open. But it's not going to open until we first consecrate ourselves. This is what the 40 days is about, family. It ain't just saying, okay, we're going to do A, B, and C. No. Don't you want to see God do the ridiculous? Don't you want to see God do the crazy and, and exceedingly and abundantly? It's likely not to happen without the consecration first. So it starts with me. Lord, because I want you to do something great, I know there's some stuff I got to stop watching. I know that there's some stuff I got to stop listening to. I know that there's some people that are encouraging me to do stuff that don't honor you. I know there's some sites that I've been on and low-key watch that I need to let go of because I need a Jordan River God moment. And if we're not willing to do that, can you imagine, and this is what got me, Rev, and I'm done. Can you imagine if the people didn't consecrate themselves, they would have been stuck right there waiting on God to move, and God would have been like, I lifted up my presence. I started moving, but I can only move so far as your willingness to want to consecrate yourself. So, tomorrow, the Lord is going to do amazing things. Do y'all believe God can do that? If so, put your hands together if you believe he can do that. However, the amazing things that God can do tomorrow is predicated on what we do today. Everybody stand. Father, in the name of Jesus, I know you want to do great things among us. There are signs and wonders and miracles and Jordan River experiences that you want to show us. And they're all for the taking, God, because I know you're that kind of God, but you also want us to be a part and a participant in your miracle-working power. So today, God, I am interceding for our congregation in this 40 days. 
We really look at the areas where we need to consecrate ourselves because some of your blessings are being hindered because we have yet to consecrate ourselves. And so God, I pray that you would give us the strength and the courage today to go home, look within ourselves and see where we really are. What's blocking potentially the blessings of God from flowing so that you can allow us to cross over onto dry land. And so God, I bind up any satanic strategy. I bind up any foul spirits. I bind up any negativity, God. I bind up, God, any, any things that will hinder us from wanting to be consecrated, standing before you. Do it, God, now. Because the Jordan River is waiting. Do it, God, now. Because our blessing is on the other side. Do it, God, now. Because what you promised is right in front of us. We just need to consecrate ourselves first. So, Father, I speak to our minds in this season. I speak to our hearts in this season. I speak to what we're watching, what we're hearing, where we're going, who we're going with. That, God, we would have the courage to stand for you in this season. I thank you for these young people today that poured out their heart and soul on this stage. I pray that you would bless them and keep them as they go about their ways. Remind them this week they are sacred. And if others can't appreciate the value of their sacredness, may they keep distance from them. God, I thank you for this time. and We ask it all in your name. If there's anybody here that wants to receive the Lord Jesus Christ or you want to join the church, We'll be standing here after service. If you visited with us today, I would like for you to come up as well. Let me give you a big hug and thank you for coming into the building. Now, God, may your grace, your peace, and your power keep and sustain us all. In Jesus' name, let everybody say, get it together. Love you. Have a great week, everybody. Welcome back. We thank you again for worshiping with us this morning. And we hope that something was said, something was done, or a song was sung that helps your spirit be better prepared for your week. Remember, we stand on those three things, love, grow, and serve. And prayerfully, that was illustrated today in our service. If you want to know more of who Ivy is, download our Ivy app, follow us on social media, or go to our website. Again, we thank you, and we pray that you have a blessed week. Love, grow, and serve.